This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we're going to move on from the draft. There's going to be plenty of other times during our podcast to discuss the implications of Combine Week and what the Bears are going to do or think. And, of course, the latest on Jalen Carter right here at Take the North Podcast. But in ChicagoTribune.com, dropped on Thursday morning, uh, what – What's the book on Justin Fields around the NFL? The Chicago Bears quarterback has to figure out the simple to get to the next level. Deep dive, Dan. Very well done. Uh, I am very curious on, on number one, how you think the whole thing went down and how, how what your biggest takeaway was. I'll tell you my, again, very oversimplified brief summary of, of what I got out of it was thoroughly reported. Um uh, that goes without saying, but when when the focus and the headline was kind of like my takeaway, Justin Fields, the consensus seems to be around the league, what we saw here locally, without being critical and just being objective, mm-hmm. he's got to do the routine things more routinely, and you get you do that, and you combine that with the special, then you're talking about a quarterback you can win because of and certainly win with. Well, David, now that the story is published, it's given me a chance to kind of step back from from months worth of reporting. And this started for me at the end of the regular season. And um, you recall we played some of my training camp interview with Luke Getze back in the summer and kind of the bar he was setting for Justin Fields' ascent in, in their first season together. And the chance at the end of the year after Justin made his final start in Detroit to revisit with Luke kind of where he thought he went was kind of the entry point for this story because Luke, as we've talked about many times, is very direct. He's very candid. He doesn't sugarcoat a lot of stuff. He doesn't hide a lot of stuff. And so you had this very um, honest, direct, on-the-record insight from Luke Getze that you could then cross-check with with what people around the league see, those who have played against Justin or prepared for Justin or uh, just have have studied it. Because there are people that said, look, like when you get into February and you hear these conversations on like, you know, there's the, the chance that the Bears could trade Justin Fields, of course you do a little more homework and you start watching him a little more to be like, okay, what's there? And what, what didn't I see last season? My biggest takeaway from the entire thing, David, and I think this should give Bears fans a lot of satisfaction and just comfort, is that there there's nothing that the league sees that the people at House Hall don't see. There's nothing that, that that the Bears believe inside House Hall in Justin Fields that isn't acknowledged by people around the league. Is yeah, that's that's potentially special. There's some great things to work with. And by the same token, the things that the rest of the league says, man, like these are the flaws. These are the concern areas. The people inside the building at House Hall, including Justin himself, own those and they wrap their arms around those. And it gives you a a a very clear picture of who Justin Fields is now 
what the Bears hope he can become and the path to get there. And you mentioned some of it is just about, I think the the phrase I used in the story was his ability to borrow a basketball analogy to, to shoot a higher percentage from inside the paint, right? Like right. make the easy shots. We don't, we know you can be Damian Lillard out deep on the perimeter and, and, and hit three pointers from, you know, 35 feet. Well, now let's figure out how to hit some mid range games, jumpers, every single possession to the point where it stacks into efficiency, which then leads to, to points, which then leads to team success and all those things. So there's a lot there. And I've got a handful of numbers that we can go through um, just as we continue this discussion. Well, I think also one of the guys you talked to was said, put it in the context in, in terms of don't always try to create the highlight. Mm-hmm. Um, take the check down because it's okay to do that. And that's part of the maturity level. I think a couple of things stood out to me was that, you know, you don't realize because you might, you, you might be in the midst of the season and, and so, you know, focused on week to week that they didn't score more than 20 points after Thanksgiving in a game. Right. Like, <laughs> like, like, like honestly, David, I had, to, I had to like fact check that three times really easy to do but it didn't compute in my brain because we were stuck in this tornado of like you know justin 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 and you're like they didn't touch 21 points after thanksgiving like it was hard to wrap your brain around and and related to that is that you know just his numbers in the fourth quarter they weren't good and i think that when you talk about his growth and we got a lot of grief about you especially you know he needs to learn how to win in this kind of you know parsing the language it was never really about that as much as you're in the, you're in the fourth quarter of games in the nfl you've got to be better and you just whether it's leading a two-minute drive or just being better in the fourth quarter that's when you make your money and that's when teams win their games so i think that is to me also you talk to people and it reinforced that because around the league, they noticed the same things we saw in Chicago. No question. And, and I'll just go back to this because I do think that every time we've talked to Ryan Poles, every time we've talked to, to Luke, anytime we've talked to Matt Eberflus, I think they have told you what the rest of the league is saying in indirect ways and direct ways at times of saying, like, look, like we love the direction Justin is headed. We're also not comfortable with where he at is, right? And 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 so there is an ownership of that that like they can take this very sober view of this entire evaluation because they're not fully attached to it as if they had drafted him, right? And and right. and so they can more grounded with it. And I think that should give you a lot of comfort as a Bears fan that they will find their way to the right assessment and that Justin's engaged on this. The other part is what you talked about, be a closer, right? Like Patrick Mahomes has music that comes on, you know, theoretically when it's time to close games, you just know he's coming out of the bullpen. He's going to, you know, throw nine strikes and you're going to have a celebration at the end of it. And so Justin to, to, to make that next jump as a quarterback has to be situationally good. He's got to be good on third down inside the red zone. And then when you get into close games in the last 10 minutes of a football game, figure out how to close those things out. That, sentiment is shared league-wide on like that is a huge leap that a quarterback has to take certainly one he can make but that's something in 2023 that that we can't get to this point next year and just be like well he can eventually figure it out because it's time now for him to to show like i've got the closer gene and the other sentiment which we can't ignore because it's the most obvious one i think is that you're writing this story the bears are in this situation because there is this internal belief that he is their guy because he is special and he has this quality that you don't always count on and you're not always going to find in the draft uh, because of what he proved uh, beginning maybe in earnest with the the night in Foxborough. And he does have these qualities that you want to and can justify building around when you give him an offensive line and you give him some weapons. Dan, I, I think that there's a realization that came through 
uh, as you went through the entire every chapter that this is a special player. It's just finding ways to make him improve himself and also improve the the you know the team around him and and be able to appreciate and benefit from those special talents. So, right, like before I came to record this podcast, I, I sat with Bigsy for a little while, and Bigsy had just had a discussion in the last twenty four hours with someone around the league who 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 legitimately said like Justin Fields is every bit as talented, probably more so than Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was an MVP candidate, had his team winning in the fourth quarter of a Super Bowl or at the halftime of a Super Bowl anyway, and and threw for 300 plus yards in the Super Bowl. When you hear those things as a Chicago Bears fan, you go, okay, there's a lot here. Now, the cross section of that is it is going to take the Bears an awful long time to get a roster that resembles anything like the Philadelphia Eagles had in 2022. That's not happening for the 2023 Bears. It's probably not happening for the 2024 Bears. So the Bears are going to have to make this massive decision on what Justin Fields' long-term potential is as a quarterback well before they have a roster that's able to be as good as the Philadelphia Eagles was in 2022. So we can play those comparison games, but it's just never going to be a reality game for the Chicago Bears on the timeline that they're on. And so people have got to wrap their brains around that. I don't disagree with the idea that if Justin Fields played with the 2022 Eagles, he is more than capable of playing in the Super Bowl and being an MVP candidate. Well, now he's going to be in a situation in Chicago where he's going to be the guy that has to elevate everything around him. And Ryan, like to, to, to a lot of people's point, it, this puts a lot on Ryan's shoulder as well to build him the supporting cast that he needs to, to be a lifter, right? And, and a multiplier, as Ryan would call it. And so we're going to see what direction that goes. It's going to be fascinating because I think they understand that like we can't um, downplay the opportunity we have here to take this swing with this very special talent and this guy who showed electric playmaking ability as a runner well now can he pass regularly in a way that that it, um, creates NFL level passing game success before we get out of here what were some of the numbers that you think stood out to you that you wanted to accentuate and anything else about just in the reporting that came through that you maybe you weren't even able to get into the story as long as it was i know there's always something that doesn't make the cut yeah um well first of all justin has made 25 career starts now right and he's got 162 passing he averages 162 passing yards and one touchdown per game i use that in the story uh, compared against Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes is Ryan Poles's, <laughs> you know, that's his background, his, his standard, what he's seen there. And Patrick Mahomes averages, you know, more than two touchdown passes and 300 yards per game over his entire career, which is coming up on 100 starts, you know, regular season and postseason combined. So that was like a notable, like, whoa, there's a big gap to close to get into that upper tier of, you know, top five quarterbacks. I thought the one number in addition to not touching 21 points after Thanksgiving was breaking Justin's starts into to five set start increments and seeing that the final five starts in terms of production, 277 yards and 17.2 points per game was almost identical to the first five starts, which was 274 yards per game and 17.2 points per game. And I think we lost that somewhere in the discussion that, my God, the end of the year struggles were as pronounced as the early year struggles. They were just kind of pushed to the background because there was that adrenaline rush for 21 days in October and November that gave people the feeling like there was a permanence to this. We were and somewhat blinded by the, the middle five games. You know, they, they've created this sort of buffer. Because it was so exciting. Yeah, and there, and there was such an adrenaline rush to that. So that's part of it. Um, I, I did like the analogy, and maybe because I can relate to this as a mid-40s male, that like this is like a, a, a trip to the physician when you're reviewing Justin Fields' uh, game and that, that you should see it as, okay, there's nothing that when Justin leaves the office to say, hey, 
head to the hospital, get some urgent testing with a, a specialist, you're in trouble. But there are some, hey, there's some things to keep an eye on here. And when we circle back next year, let's see if we get there. I got high cholesterol. Every year they tell me, let's see again next year. And every year I get just I'm right there where, where it's like, all right, we'll check again next year. So I'm doing a great job there. So I pat myself on the back for that. But that's something that Justin has to do, David, here is is just understand that there are going to be um, checkpoints here in 2023 that he's going to have to reach and meet. And the Bears are going to have to be very grounded in, in, in making sure that they don't just pass him through checkpoints before he's actually passed through checkpoints. And that's being a pocket passer, right? And it's being able to hit checkdowns. And it's being able to understand that Matt Eberflus was direct publicly earlier this week and saying, look, like his scrambling ability is special, but we're trying to get him into a situation where like, let's save it for third downs or the red zone or situations. And on first and second down, just like be more willing to just take a little drop off pass, you know, and, and move on and don't expend, which I thought was interesting from Luke. Don't expend that, that mental and physical fuel that you expend when you're running around like that, because it does take away from the rest of the things that you can do over the course of a game. And then certainly over the course of a season, I know how it works. So you talk to a lot of people, as many as possible, and you grant them anonymity so they can be more honest and candid about what they see and think. And that's part of NFL reporting. That's part of, frankly, you know, sports reporting. Sometimes you have to do that. Curious, though, what was the most extreme positive? Was there most extreme negative in terms of Justin Fields' opinions when you talk to guys off the record and what they were able to say did were were there somebody who thought okay bears are really this is a losing proposition and were there others that say god i wish i had that guy no i mean like on the praise end of things i think there are people that that genuinely believe that if justin has the the infrastructure and the sport around him that he can be a top five quarterback in the nfl like that is what chicago has dreamed of forever but on the same token there's the idea that like he could also be the 26th or 27th best quarterback in the league for a long time and the range between those two things is so vast and that's why i think everyone is so like fascinated to see what happens in 2023 because we're going to i think that 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 range is going to become less right like we're going to know by january like okay you know he doesn't have a chance to touch top five or there's no way he's going to be lower than 15th right i've got to say this so for for people who don't have like this emotional stake in what happens that's a great story to cover because the, the 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 range is right now we're sitting on the precipice of the unknown with Justin Fields, and he could be, as you say, some guys believe he could be a top five quarterback if everything comes together, or he could fizzle, and they could not surround him with the right linemen or the right, right receivers, and they could be behind in every game, and he's a bottom five or, or yeah. bottom ten quarterback. And I think that possibility either way makes it a very – makes it the most compelling story there is and it could be yeah and and, and that you know that's why that was cool like to take this temperature at this point i also think it's really cool to talk to luke because you know he'll acknowledge like he spent time around aaron Rodgers, and he says that aaron sees the game like different than anyone that has ever played it but that justin has this aptitude of like being able to communicate what he sees and why he makes decisions that's headed on the track of how Aaron sees it. And that's not true of every quarterback, that there isn't always a, this is why I did X or this is why I did Y, but Justin sees it all. But then he's very real in saying like seeing it and applying it in milliseconds 
play after play, series after series, week after week are two totally different things. And it's why the quarterback position is so fascinating to a lot of people, because you have to not only process quickly, but then you have to react quickly. And then you have to react quickly with athleticism and precision and everything else that goes involved in it to make the right play. And it's why you you go through the list of guys who have been drafted over time and there's, you know, 10 that we could classify as elite and there's 150 that you're like yeah that guy sucked (laughs) it it was definitely worth everyone's time it's on chicagotribune.com you want to check it out we'll have it on our twitter feed at take the north pod you'll be able to find it there easily get the link read it all and then let us know what you think with feedback via email or via the twitter machine at take the north pod or you can email us Hold on a second. Somewhere here. <laughs> Questions at take the north. I'm sorry. Take the north at gmail.com. Take the north pod at gmail.com. I think that's the correct email address. 